Kentucky guy. Hey, it's me, Donnie Cage. And we are the hosts of Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Between the two of us, I have 25 years of wrestling experience. Amazing, Donnie. Uh, I actually have 30 years, so that's 55 years of wrestling watching experience which just is amazing. Hey, once again, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode. Uh, if you're new, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button, no matter where you're listening to us from. Uh, we do drop new episodes here every Monday and Friday, so be sure to check us out on our other episodes. Uh, Donnie and I always have a lot of fun, and uh, we like bringing you guys and involving you into the conversation. We do talk about wrestling past present and future superstars and promotions all right donnie let's get out of here buddy hey hope you guys enjoy the show thanks And welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the Kentucky guy. And, uh, nope, he's not on here with us today. Donnie Cage cannot be with us today. Uh, home work calls, duty calls, and he's unable to make it. Uh, we will definitely miss him, but he will be back uh, on Monday. So... <laughs> Aha. All right, and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm your co-host, the Kentucky Guy. Hello, with Donnie Cage. Ah, the co-host. There he is. There he is. How's it going, my friend? Well, I'm doing well. It's uh, it, it's Monday, but I'm uh, excited to talk a little wrestling. Yeah, well, you should be. Uh, because you bailed on me Friday, so, yeah. <laughs> I do that from time to time. Caught <laughs> <laughs> uh, you off guard with that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, so, if this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to check us out. We're on all major platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple Music, and Google. Also, uh, hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter where you're listening to us from. Uh, Donnie, go ahead and tell them about your podcast, sir. I am one of the co-hosts and the creator of the Uncaged Voice podcast, which currently streams on Twitch, and you can also catch it on YouTube on the official Uncaged Voice podcast channel. Sweet. Also, for you uh, fans out there that like uh, the news, current events, things of that, I uh, just had an interview, um, you know, and we don't just do news on the Red Pill Current News podcast. Uh, I just had an interview with a comedian, and I tell you what, that guy was, uh, he was a lot of fun. He was hilarious. So, if you get a chance, check us out. Uh, we drop episodes there every Wednesday and Saturday, and we drop new episodes here every Monday and Friday. Uh, also, if you ever would like to be a guest on this show, uh, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com, olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. Um, all right, so let's, uh, so since you did miss, uh, a little bit, uh, on Friday, sir, and uh, we all understand life happens and we got to work and provide for our families. Um, I do have a quick question for you though. Uh, since you missed that episode, let's talk a little bit, let's backtrack and, uh, let's get your, uh, your opinion on the, uh, brawl after all out in the locker room with the elite and CM Punk and his buddy Steele. Oh, man. Where to begin? You know, it's 
It's a situation where I don't think you can really take sides because I think that everybody is essentially in the wrong. Why this all had to escalate into a real-life fight. I mean, these are, this is a group of grown men here, or at least it's supposed to be. And if someone trash-talks you, then usually you, you go up to that person and you, try to talk, and you try to talk it out. It might turn into a heated argument, but you usually try to talk it out and work out your differences. And depending on which side of the story you've heard, some people say CM Punk threw the first punch, other people say uh, the Young Bucks uh, kicked in his door and they started swinging immediately as soon as they got in there. really doesn't matter. All that matters is... There had to be some swift repercussions here. And as we saw, the repercussions ended up being the trio's titles were stripped from Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. So the elite are no longer the trio's champions. And CM Punk was also stripped of his AEW World Championship, which most people would argue he probably shouldn't have won in the first place. And I actually, after hearing what happened after the match before the press conference, I kind of agree with them, because apparently Mr. Punk suffered another injury during his match with John Moxley, and he was going to need to miss some time anyway. So this would have been two instances in a row where he won the title and was injured immediately afterward. Yeah, and uh, your, uh, your sources are correct. He is injured uh, now. He... Um I mean, he's a, he's a bomb show, a bomb ready to go off, and, uh, and not in a good way either. And uh, he's uh, fragile now, so, I mean, uh, he just needs to be done. And I think, I think wrestling would be a lot better without him. Uh, without him. I think Kentucky guy that, because uh, I remember from back in the day when he was injured in WWE, he did some color commentary. I would not mind him slipping into that type of role because I think with his years of industry knowledge, he would do well. But at this point, you know, except maybe on rare occasions for like some special attraction matches, and even that might be pushing it, I, I just don't think his body can hold up any longer. I mean, that the, the last two the last few months we've seen, he he can't keep up. He just keeps getting injured. Now, also, that's probably because he shouldn't be doing dives at his age, but I, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he, um, I don't know, man. He just, uh, I, I, nobody wants him around there anymore. So, uh, I, I understand. Yeah, he was pretty good as a color, uh, color commentary, but I, can you really see him? Uh, being biased or being unbiased as a as a commentator, I just I just don't think he could do it, not full time anyways. Which uh, man, how many do they have? You know, right now, <laughs> poor old Jr. They didn't even let him come on uh, Dynamite uh, because they were. Uh, I wonder why, because they were afraid he what he was going to say about CM Punk. Or uh, did you catch that that he wasn't there on Dynamite? I did. Um, they had Excalibur, they had Taz, and they had Tony Schiavone. Um, I, I was wondering the same thing, why JR wasn't there. I, but personally, you know, JR is a professional, and I mean, I don't think, personally, I don't think he would have been too outspoken about CM Punk if he was told behind the scenes, you know, don't mention him on television, which, I mean, they didn't drop the CM, the CMP word at all during uh, Dynamite. It's, it's as if he never was there to begin with. So, uh, and they also didn't mention the Elite, which, that was a little more surprising, but at the same time, they did get into a backstage fight, and despite being the EVPs of the company, they, they had to face the consequences of their actions. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, they did, and now rumors are swirling uh, that they've got out feelers, and they've contacted Triple H when their contract is over uh, in 2024. Um, have you heard any of that, or is, am I crazy? Uh, those rumors I haven't heard just yet. Doesn't mean that they're not true, though. Um, I don't know. I just... Th this event uh, kind of sums up what's been going wrong in AEW the last few months, is that there's too much backstage drama. And uh, I think we all know that that's what doomed another promotion uh, about 20 years ago, uh, uh, all because of all the uh, egos that were circling around backstage. And whether Tony Khan can actually step up and get things under control or not is is another issue altogether. Um, 
you've got a couple of locker room leaders there who I'm sure can step up and can talk some sense into people. People like Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, uh, John Moxley's there, of course. Of course, you've got William Regal. You know, maybe they need to lean on these guys to, uh, to be the locker room leaders going forward. Yeah, I, I think so. And I tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you about Tony Khan. I know I, I, that I rag on him a lot, but if, if, he can, if he can get away from being such a wrestling fan, right, uh, when he needs to, he, he owns, this guy, I don't know if you've ever researched him, he owns all kinds of businesses. He deals with big egos all the time, and I'm sure he's had to put the hammer down over the years, or he wouldn't have made the wealth that he's made. Um, and I think he could do it. I th- I really do. I think he could be probably even tougher than Vince McMahon, but he's got to step back from that fanboy attitude that he carries. But he, he deals with sure. he deals with major egos, though. I didn't realize he owned all those businesses, and so I started looking them up. So. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a very rich man. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's been around, too. I didn't, I had never heard of him before until AEW. But, uh, so, uh, what do you think about, uh, my man's promo on, uh, Dynamite, uh, MJF? Uh, of course, here we go, hopping back on the MJF train. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was, it was a typical uh, MJF uh, oh, promo. Oh, 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 hold on. <laughs> I have never jumped off that train, sir. Thank you very much. Go ahead. Appreciate you correcting me. So anyway, MJF came out, tried to work the crowd for a little bit. Then he went back right into MJF mode like he always does and and says that he doesn't care about the fans' opinion and that he's going to win that title one way or another, which, hey, I mean... He did, whether I like it or not, he was the official winner of the Casino Battle Royal, and he has that chip for a title shot whenever he wants. So why why break a sweat competing in the tournament with the other wrestlers when he can just face whoever wins the tournament at the very end and pick up the pieces? From a the perspective of a, of a heel, it's a smart move. But I still hope John Moxley or Brian Danielson or somebody beats... Uh, Beats the crud out of him when all is said and done. Hopes that smug look off his face. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, so he is. Uh, <laughs> so when he first came out and he was wearing that Josh Allen jersey, uh, I, I, I was. Uh, I told uh, Warren this. I was on the show last week. Uh, I thought that that was. Uh, I, I, I was mad. I was like, "Oh my god!" You know. He's going to come out and try to be this leader now. And uh, uh, I was like, man, he's another Ric Flair. I'm going to lose another hero. Uh, and thankfully, John Moxley came out and called him on it. And uh, we got to see the real uh, MJF, which is always a treat. So uh, I, I liked it a lot. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious, um, especially when he took that. Josh Allen is a horrible quarterback. So when he was saying that, I could not understand what he was talking about. And, uh, when he took it and uh, wiped his butt with it, I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. <laughs> uh, now, there's another Josh Allen that plays pro football that came from uh, Kentucky. He is a, uh, he's, he's a little bit on defense, and he is a very, very good player, but not to get the two confused. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, let's jump to uh, Raw last week. <laughs> we didn't get a chance to talk about it. Um, Ron Strowman's is back with the WWE. Your thoughts? He's back with the train sound and everything. And uh, I think this is a, a this is a huge get for them. I, I'm glad that he's back. Um, that whole control your narrative um, promotion that he was trying to get off the ground with EC3 and a few other people that was going nowhere. So I'm glad that, for all intents and purposes, he came back home. Because they, they need a monster on the roster. They tried to experiment a little bit with Omos. He clearly did not measure up. They need a guy who can work and a guy who can, who can throw people around a lot and make it look good. And, and Braun is that guy. Now, as far as is he going to be the guy to unseat the tribal chief, time will tell. They certainly have a lot of history and you could very easily build a feud between them. 
Well, I kind of knew that you were going to go there. Um, I think that uh, they brought the wrong person back. Um, if you want a monster, bring back an actual monster. Bring back the fiend. Uh, this, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I never was a Braun Strowman guy, but uh, he really just, uh, I don't know, those red tights. What is, I don't get it. Is he a St. Paul's or but, the red tights need to go. I agree with you there. <laughs> and, you know, he, he's doing the growling again. Uh, everything that probably got him fired last time. He's just, I don't know. I, I am shocked uh, in all, like, all seriousness that he is back because uh, I heard there was beef between him and uh, Triple H. Uh, so that, once again, shows that, uh, that Triple H is able to separate his personal feelings uh, from business, which Vince McMahon was always able to do that, too. That's how come people had so many chances. The difference, though, I think, I hope, will be that uh, Vince McMahon would eventually try to get even with those people, either by the matches that he, or the way the creativity or the way he booked them or what have you. Um, I can't see Triple H, do, I mean, I could be wrong. I can't see Triple H being like that, but it's possible. I watched an interview with him the other day and man it was really something else uh, have you had a chance to see that interview it's the only one I have not done on YouTube and uh, <clears throat> I can't remember who he done it with and uh, he uh, he talked about his sickness and stuff and dude he was he really thought he was going to die so to see him do what he's doing now yeah. I mean he's a very blessed man you know what I mean so it's kind of inspirational in many ways because to be that close to death to potentially leave the things you love in life the most behind. I mean, I I couldn't even picture that. But I'm just glad that he's healthy now and everything. I mean, I'm sure he would have wanted to go to you know retire from in ring competition on his terms rather than you know because of his medical history and everything. But just the fact that he's in this position now and gets a second chance is is great. I mean, it's, it's great to see. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something that you were probably going to be surprised to hear from me. Um, I'd rather him be in this position than in the ring right now. Yep. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily disagree, disagree because, I mean, his, his best years were behind him. There's no question about it. Yeah, he, uh, and uh, I mean, he was, he was great. He was great in the ring, but uh, I don't know. He's just uh, he's very good with the uh, with the uh, other wrestlers that work for him, uh, and uh, he's got a mind, man. That uh, I didn't know. He I didn't I didn't know this stuff about him really until. And I recommend that interview. And I'm sorry, guys. I I cannot remember who he conducted it with. It's the only interview on YouTube uh, that he's done here since he's been under creative control. But his mind, the way it works. And uh, some of the stuff he talked about, man, uh, really, like, uh, I'm in. I think WWE's liable to, uh, I mean, they're already king, but I think they're really going to be like the old uh, EW, uh, not not Attitude Era, but as popular and as many things happening, uh, maybe as the Attitude Era. So, uh, really looking forward to that. So, so Braun Strowman's back. <clears throat> Who's next? What's your prediction? Who's next? Who's coming back next? I mean, I, I mean, you kind of already dropped it as far as who I would like to see, name dropped as far as who I'd like to see come back, which would be the fiend. I don't think he's going to be the next person back. I think the next people that we're going to see return are Sasha Banks and Naomi. Really? Huh? And what makes you say that? Because I haven't seen anything at all. If they're bringing them back tonight, they're keeping it very quiet. <laughs> uh, have you heard something, or just your gut feeling? I, I, I mean, just the rumor mill has been saying, has been hinting that they have been talking to WWE and trying to figure out ways to to bring them back. And not saying it's going to happen this week, but it, it it will happen possibly when you least expect it. Similar to what they did with Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Iowa Sky returning at SummerSlam. Maybe they'll wait until the next premium live event to bring them back. You see, now that that's what I like, though. Like, we didn't have a clue. That's what I miss about wrestling. We didn't have a clue, man, that Bailey was going to be there uh, at SummerSlam. 
and especially with a faction, uh, you know, because they've been guessing it for months, uh, and we really didn't know. And when she came out, it was it was pretty shocking. Uh, and and that's what I like. That's what I miss. That's the one thing. And yeah, I know. I mean, it's good because I do research for this show and and what have you, and fans can stay up to date. But that's one of the reasons why I really hate wrestling internet because <laughs> of all the spoilers and everything. So. I don't know. That's yeah. that's just me. Uh, but yeah, I haven't heard anything about them coming up. But uh, uh, see, man, that would be fantastic. Um, I here's the thing, though. Are they? Is that why they only had one tournament for one title, or uh, or what? Because uh, they they never did. They had two uh, tag team champions: one on Raw, one on SmackDown. They didn't unify the titles. Because those girls just left with the titles. So, you know, that's my question, I guess. What is uh, What are they going to do with them? Well, no, the women's titles were always always jumped between both brands. And even occasionally were defended in NXT. So, I mean, they had the NXT women's titles. They still do. But they had the WWE women's titles. It wasn't Raw women's titles and SmackDown women's titles. Oh, yes. They do, sir. One of them was blue, and the other one was red. That's the that's the men's titles you're thinking of. No, I'm not. <laughs> okay, that's it. I'm, hold on, I'm going to Google. <laughs> Give me just a second here. Mm-hmm. You can go ahead and fill in the dead air if you'd like. I, I, I mean, like I mean, like I said, it's always been one set of women's titles since they introduced them. They were defended on both brands. Uh, you know, sometimes the champions would spend more time on SmackDown or Raw, depending on who the champions were at the time. But, uh, and let's not forget, uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks were the first women's champions, which is why it was kind of surprising that of all teams, they gave it to Raquel Rodriguez, I almost said Gonzalez, Raquel Rodriguez and Aliyah, who seemed like the most random pairing in the world. Yes, uh, I I just don't think that uh, that a Leah girl. I don't think she's going to make it. I, I, well, I think I think as soon as they drop the title, she's probably going to be forgotten about. Right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, I just uh, I just don't think that uh, they are. Yes, there was two. I knew I was not crazy. Uh, Let's see, there was a, uh, man, you made me look this up. There was a Raw and a SmackDown brand division uh, female tag team champion. Uh, the current champions only are from SmackDown, which is Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, when it was first established in December 24, 2018, the Monday Night Raw first champions were Bailey and Sasha Banks. Uh, let's see. And then on the SmackDown side, it was... The, the Iconics. Yes. No. What? No, no, no. Where did that go? What do you mean? Icon- Iconics are NXT, right? Well, no, the, the Iconics, uh, Billy Kay and... Um... Uh, what's her name? Oh, yeah, uh, right, they are. They were the, yes, there they are, yeah. They were the, uh, yes, so, uh, say you're sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Two sets of belts. I knew it. I'm, I'm so sorry. The reason why I know it, I knew it, and why I know it, uh, is because I remember that uh, at Clash of Champions, uh, they had a match, uh, Raw vs. SmackDown. And it was for the, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't, titles weren't on the line. It was just like a, what do you call it? A, uh, I, I'm better than you. You know what I'm saying? Just uh, uh, so you can say you're right, right. But, uh, which has been one of my, which has been one of my problems with Survivor Series over the last few years is it's just a, essentially a brand war pay-per-view. <laughs> Pretty much. You're right. The be- there's no story, there's no storyline progression or anything like that. Right. The best thing that I've seen uh, from that was uh, uh, um, 
where they invaded, like SmackDown invaded Raw, and Raw invaded SmackDown. Um, I really enjoy. Right. I like that's the best part of that, in my opinion. I think so. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, and you're. I think you're spot on. I think once uh, uh, they had to get a belt around Rodriguez, I think uh, there's so much, uh, so many people's contracts are coming up. I don't know if you know this or not, but there's all kinds of contracts coming up in the WWE <clears throat> and for Impact. That's kind of the reason why I asked you uh, who you uh, who you thought. <laughs> Uh, who you think that uh, actually you know what they did do away with the Smackdown titles for females huh okay so it's just so it's just uh, Raw exclusive now no it's 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 just called it's called the WWE female championship or ladies uh, cha- championship that's what I thought when they recently reintroduced them yeah they were yep. going to be defended across both brands Yep, yep, yep. You're you're right. Now, I mean, you're not right because there used to be two. So I'm right. Thank you. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they did. Uh, it looks like that. Uh, who was the last? Uh, uh, Carmella and Naomi were the last uh, SmackDown tag team champions. So, uh, the, so Carmella and Zelina Vega, I think, right, Queen Zelina. Uh, I don't know. It says it says now. Now this could be wrong too. You know what I mean? Uh, but it just it's, yeah. That's that doesn't sound right because Carmella and Queen Zelina Vega were the uh, were the tag team champions before before Naomi and Sasha Banks. Right, right. That I do know. That I do know. Yeah. So uh, so at the uh, pay per view Clash Champions. Uh, uh, the ponytail girl, Bianca Belair, uh, comes out and actually Bailey pinned her uh, at the pay per view, and Bailey comes out. So, what do you think? Do you think that match is going to happen finally for the title? I mean, it's been over a year now uh, since they were in the ring together one on one. They they keep uh, they've been taunting this thing since uh, SummerSlam, uh, and it's got some heat now. So. Uh, what do you think? You think that's going to happen at the next pay per view? Are they going to wait till the Rumble or what? I I would not wait until the Rumble. That would be drawing it out for way too long. I think the next pay per view is the most logical setup. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, also on Raw, uh, something that happened. Uh, I didn't I didn't mention this on the episode uh, Friday because I there was so much else going on. Um, and it was a short episode as well. Uh, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ray Mysterio's son did join the Judgment Day. He did. I don't know why he didn't do it at the pay-per-view, but he was with them and, uh, actually, uh, helped them <laughs> on Raw. And, uh, you know, I kind of like this Dominic side of him. I think that, uh, I don't know. It just, uh. He's got a look in his eye that, that I've never seen before. Uh, and I didn't, I never thought much of him being a very good actor or anything. And, uh, yeah, I kind of, uh, I kind of like that. What'd you think? Well, it's different. I'll, t- I'll say that. And I mean, I, I, I honestly found Dominic to be really boring in his role when he was paired up with his dad. I mean, no, I mean, no offense. I understand the reasoning for pairing them together, but this will be a chance for Dominic to show a little bit of personality. And I do agree with you that it shouldn't have happened after the match. They should have just had Dominic Cost, Edge, and Rey Mysterio the match at Clash at the Castle. That, that made no sense to do it post-match. But, uh, you know, I guess they just wanted to throw the audience for a loop, make them think, oh no, the turn's not going to happen. Not just yet. Except it is. That, uh... Yeah, so, I mean, that could be, uh... I don't know. Uh, it might be good. Poor old Jim Cornette, and I know you like Jim Cornette, but man, oh man, I, I don't know what his problem is. Sometimes he is uh, he uh, <laughs> he uh, he says that uh, Finn Balor should not even be a part of Judgment Day, and I just don't uh, I don't get that. Uh, 
What, what do you? What are your thoughts? I think Finn Balor makes that team if you're going to have it and they actually run with it. Do I think they promoted it right? No, not at all. I don't think that's Finn Balor's fault, though. No, I mean I completely disagree with Jim Cornette on this one. I mean, what, what are you going to do with Finn Balor if you're not going to put him with this group? It was, I mean, it was something different. They, they they had to do something different with his character. We all know he can work. There's no question about that. But, but what really is his character? It's just literally a guy in a leather jacket who throws his hands up in the air and gets the crowd to chant with him, and that's basically it. Um, so, again, this paired him with Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest, and it's given him a little more of an opportunity to talk and showcase some personality. I mean, I, I mean I'm okay with it. Yeah, um, so uh, let's see here. So uh, Dave Meltzer, he did mention, oh yeah, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, so he gave a spoiler for this week's uh, SmackDown. Uh, it looks like that Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley are going to both be scheduled uh, on the upcoming episode on SmackDown. Many, and this was a question that we actually talked about on here, uh, many of the WWE Universe question why there was even a brand split, uh, split to begin with because it seems like Vince McMahon never seemed to adhere to it. At least here lately. They used to, but at least here lately, I'll agree with that. Um, that doesn't appear to be changing under the new regime. Uh, it appears that the uh, wrestlers are still appearing on both Raw and SmackDown uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, that's something there. You know, they have enough talent. They have, they have a lot of talent. Um, it, it that's I think that's the wrong way to go in my opinion. I think they have too many good stars uh, to just see the same people over and over on both shows. Uh, they need to split the belts back up and they need to get back to adhering to it. Your thoughts? I, I agree a hundred percent. If you're not going to stick to the brand split, then don't have a brand split um, because you have all these titles that are exclusive to each brand, excluding the men's tag team titles right now excluding the women's tag team titles and excluding the undisputed universal title. But, again, you're not going to unify the belts, most likely, so just split them up. Raw, Raw titles go back to Raw, SmackDown titles go to SmackDown, and everybody's happy. Why, why do they continue to call the belt the universal uh the universe that they keep separating the belts. Uh, the commentary does. You see, the reason why I watch uh, uh, the commentary so close is because they let stuff slip all the time. You know what I mean? So, and they call it the uh, man. Uh, let's see. They call it the universal. It's not the universal title. They call it what? What they? I think it's the undisputed WWE Universal Title. Yeah, something like that, right? So, what are, what are they doing? Why are they doing that? You know, I I guess they just think that it, that it sounds more prestigious to have such a long name. I, I mean, honestly, it's a it's, it's a chore to say. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. So just rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> So, uh, let's talk about the WWE rumor mill. Uh, big plans to find the next challenger for Roman Reigns. Uh, and I don't think this first one is it. Actually, uh, on uh, the last episode, I actually reported that uh, they, they said that the next challenger for Roman Reigns was going to be, uh, once again, these are rumors, you know, they're not hard facts, um, that it wasn't going to be anybody predictable. It wasn't going to be Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens. Now, they're saying they've got uh, Triple H has big plans for Roman Reigns. It could be, and I don't see how they can do this because this, uh, this is quick, it could be Brock Lesnar to return and challenge the champion, or it could be Ray Wyatt returning. And I think that's just a bunch of hopeful, uh, like, my, like I am. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, they can't do the Brock Lesnar thing. They were supposed to be in the last match, right? Uh, they, they can't do it this yeah. fast, I, I don't think. What do you think? 
I, I don't think they should do it at all. Because I don't think the two of them could ever top what they did at SummerSlam. It was a nice way to end the feud. He had to keep knocking Lesnar down, knocking him down one time after another, one time after another, till finally buried him under all that rubble, and that's what kept him down. I'm not saying I never want to see Brock Lesnar in a WWE ring again. I just don't want to see him wrestle Roman Reigns again. <laughs> um, as far as Bray Wyatt goes, though, I would love to see him wrestle Roman Reigns again because he has unfinished business with the Tribal Chief. Stemming from back in the summer of 2020. Right. And here's the thing. Why, why, oh why, uh, do, do they have Karrion Cross wasting his time with Drew McIntyre? That, that's a waste of time. Drew McIntyre needs to go somewhere and go sing American Pie somewhere and uh, let Karrion Cross take one of those titles. Uh, I, he showed up on SmackDown and he choked him out. And uh, I don't know why he's still. I thought he was just. I thought he was after Roman Reigns. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, it's a complete mystery to me why he cares even about Drew, somebody like Drew McIntyre. He should be going for the gold. Your thoughts? The thing that I, I'm afraid they're going to end up doing is I have a well. First of all, I don't think Roman Reigns is supposed to compete at Extreme Rules, which is the next pay per view. Which again, I say is a mistake. I still believe the Universal Title, WWE Title, whatever we're calling it, should be defended at every paper at every premium live event. Doesn't have to be defended on Raw or SmackDown. That's fine, but it's got to be defended at premium live events. It's not going to be though, apparently, at Extreme Rules, which means the main event is probably going to be Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross. My guess is that Karrion Cross will win that match, thus putting him in line for a title shot against Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, which that will somehow morph into a triple threat also featuring Drew McIntyre. Should it? Probably not, but that's what I have a feeling is going to end up happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I can see that because uh, it's already reported that Roman Reigns will not be at Extreme Rules. Um, something interesting, though, that I did hear, and I just re-looked it up to make sure that I heard it correctly, it does look like the uh, crown jewel, the one in Saudi Arabia, it looks like they're bringing back Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, Bill Goldberg, uh, and that takes place in November. It looks like they're going to be coming back just before then. Uh, the rumor mill says, once again, this is just rumors, uh, is that Lesnar is going to start a feud with Bobby Lashley uh, and maybe even challenge for the United States Championship belt. Wow. That would... <laughs> the... Uh, <clears throat> that would be very... Uh, that'd be an interesting match. And get this, Goldberg uh, reportedly, this is rumored, uh, to face uh, Omos at the Crown Jewel. Uh-huh. Uh, what are you? <laughs> what are your thoughts about those two matches, sir? I mean, anytime Lesnar and Lashley are in the squared circle together, it's it's something to watch. Uh, you know, they're both two big hosses. They, you know, they 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 hit hard. Both super strong. I, I'd be totally fine with them clashing again at Crown Jewel. As far as Goldberg versus Almas. First of all, when was the last time Almas was on TV? I don't even think he's been relevant the last few months. And and like I said, I think he's going to keep he's going to start getting phased out now, little by little. And I mean, the thing I worry about is if Goldberg is supposed to pin and defeat Almas, how's he going to pick the guy up in a jackhammer? He could barely pick up Bray Wyatt for a J, for a jackhammer 2 years ago and we're supposed to believe he's going to pick up Seven foot three, three hundred and eighty pound Almas. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not a Goldberg fan. Uh, I think he should be done with <laughs> with wrestling a long time ago. Um, but the uh, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley thing, man, uh, I like that. Uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, I hate him as he's a, a big old baby face now. He's he's just he's horrible. And uh, I'd like to see Lesnar get in there and smash his mouth. That'd be all right. Um, so the latest reports, let's talk about this because we both want to see this one day. 
hopefully one day soon. The latest reports claim that Bray Wyatt's potential WWE return is a matter of when and not if. However, unlike a few recent returns in the company, the former Universal Champion will make his presence known on a weekly show or secondary premium live event. I, I figured that much. Uh, Triple H has been secretive about plans to bring back a few big names, and Bray Wyatt seems to be at the top of the list. The game recently praised Bray Wyatt for his creativity and held him for his uh, ideas. Triple H believes that uh, Bray is a victim of his own mind and his creative. The latter also created ripples uh, when he shared a cryptic post on Twitter that said, Patience. This is from Bray Wyatt. Patience. It's almost time. Yeah, so uh, not if, but when. Boy, I like the sound of that. Your thoughts? I like the sound of that, too. And Bray Wyatt has proven that he is a, he's a master at using social media to his advantage and to build up and to build up the hype. He's done it for years now. And it's a very smart business move, quite honestly, because it, it, it increases the anticipation. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, if Triple H, if you ever hear this podcast, here's some advice. Nobody cares about Hit Row. Nobody cares about uh, Johnny Gargano. No, nobody cares about these people. Nobody cares about uh, Braun Strowman. Your fans want to see Bray Wyatt as the fiend back in WWE. That's what you really, if you really want to make a stir and say, yes, this is Triple H's WWE. Like, we know you're tired of living in Vince's shadow. Uh, we get it. You may never admit it, but we get it. Uh, this is what you need to do. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. So, uh, looks like Johnny Gargano is going to, uh, going to wrestle tonight. His, uh, first night officially back into the ring. And let's see here. Uh, let's see. I didn't even open this up earlier. I don't know who he's wrestling. Have you heard anything about it? I have not been keeping track on who he's wrestling, unfortunately. Uh, looks like, uh, oh yeah, it looks like it's Austin Theory. Yep. Uh, well, that would make sense. I mean, he did super kick him in the face a couple weeks ago. Oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. You would expect that it's Austin Theory, but his first opponent will be Chad Gable. <laughs> of the Alpha Academy. Because you know we can't we can't book matches that make any sense. It's WWE. <laughs> I mean, it would have it would have made more sense, right, if it had been Austin Theory. I think I had it right at the beginning. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that's that's not a spoiler. Who cares about that? Which I'm so glad, by the way, that people now wrestlers now have have first names again. Matt Riddle is back. Austin Theory is back. It's great. Um, th that's one thing that I really enjoyed about, uh, Kevin's, o Kevin Owens' uh, promo. He congratulated, uh, Austin Theories on getting his, uh, first name back. <laughs> I thought that was great. Let's see here. Um, there's one more thing that I wanted to go over. Uh, oh yeah, Seamus. So Sheamus has got a lot of, he's got a lot of uh, heat uh, since uh, coming back, or since the Clash of the Castle match. He, he's got a, a heat in a good way. Uh, Sheamus, he's got a lot of good heat in a good way uh, since Clash of the Castle. And uh, recently they teased uh, a new premium live event set in Dublin, Ireland, uh, basically built around uh, Sheamus. Uh, he's currently one of the most revered and talked about wrestlers uh, in the Stanford base in the Stanford base uh, area, and it looks like uh, ever since he faced Gunther at Clash of the Champion, he's getting a pretty good put, which is well deserved. I thought Sheamus did great in that match. Uh, that was just a fantastic match, anyways. But uh, yeah, it looks like he's got a. Uh, they're getting ready to set up one in his hometown, a main event. 
which is uh, I can I find pretty interesting. Uh, you know, when they when they propose a live event, a premium live event in your hometown, that's saying something, right? Like, uh, you know, we want you, and we're going to come to your hometown and uh, have, have this match, and uh, yeah, so uh, so yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Your thoughts? Sorry about that. I thought that uh, I thought that you uh. They're actually, uh, they're teasing right now a rematch between Sheamus and Gunther, which, uh, I think is, a, is good. It needs to happen, uh, because that was the best match at Clash of the Yeah, so I, for one, uh, Donnie, I, I want to see that rematch between, uh, Sheamus and Gunther. I think it's going to be very interesting. Your thought? We deserve that rematch. I am 100% on board. I mean, first time they... First time they collided at Clash of the Castle, I thought one guy was going to chop or punch the other guy in half, literally. I was like, is there, is there, are there any more flesh? Is there any more flesh left on their bones there? That's a lot of red. Yeah, and now that, uh, that they're going to uh, have this pay-per-view, uh, don't, uh, they're going to have this pay-per-view in Ireland, in his hometown, uh, the Celtic Warrior Man. I, I just... He's already a Grand Slam champion. He really doesn't have anything to prove, but uh, you cannot go there and build it around him and let him not walk out of there with a title, in my opinion. Uh, I know Gunther, I'm not taking anything away from Gunther. Gunther's great. Uh, he was awesome in that match as well. It took, takes two to have a great match like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's mainly sentimental reasons uh, for Sheamus. Uh, I really think that uh, if they're going to Ireland, uh, you know, put that title around them. Your thoughts? For sure. I mean, they had the opportunity to do that at Clash of the Castle with Drew McIntyre, and of course they squandered that opportunity, but that's another issue altogether. I, I think it would be a major disservice to Sheamus to not let him win the belt, the, the Intercontinental belt that is in his, in his home country. Right, and uh, Drew McIntyre is not Sheamus. You know, I mean, I know you uh, you love Drew McIntyre or whatever, but he's he's not she he's not Sheamus. Uh, so uh, Drew McIntyre losing uh, at the uh, yeah at the uh, at the Clash of the Champions was okay with me. So or Clash of the Castle. Uh, yeah, so, alright, so, uh, that's about the only thing I have left for, uh, today. I, I could not find any, uh, match card for Raw, uh, which is odd, because I usually, be, I'm usually able to find one, but I, makes it more interesting, maybe, because, uh, it looks like that, uh, for some reason it's not out in the open like normal, so, that might be a good thing. Might be some things happening, but, uh, what else you got for sure. us uh, you know, you know, not much. I guess the only thing I wanted to leave leave it, leave it on a, a note was probably related to AEW, which is just um, you know they've got an opportunity now to right some wrongs that have been going on behind the scenes. They still have a ton of talent, regardless of how many times I knock MJF. He is a talent. There's no question about it. John Moxley is a talent. Brian Danielson is a talent. Adam Page is a talent. You've got all these guys. You don't have to let the behind-the-scenes drama ruin your product. You you owe it to your fan base to keep things going and just just keep them happy. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I, I do. I agree, and uh, for those of you that are uh, saying on Twitter and that that you're done with uh, EW and uh, things like that, or AEW, EW, where's my mind? Uh, AEW. Look. Don't uh, don't do that. Uh, do not let a couple punks uh, ruin uh, the entire brand for you. Yeah, they've got some issues going on. They do. However, and Donnie mentioned this earlier, they have some leaders in that locker room uh, that actually stood up and had a meeting with everybody before Dynamite, and that's John Moxley, uh, uh, Brian Danielson, and uh, Jericho. So they've got the leaders there to step up, win. And for those of you that are concerned about Kenny Omega, 
uh, I found out the real story about him. He actually didn't go in there to fight. He was going to get Larry the dog out of there because he was afraid the dog was going to get hurt. And then that punk... I did hear that. That punk uh, still, uh, CM Punk's buddy, hit him with a chair. So that's, that's, that's the only reason why the vice president was involved at all. And I think once they finished the investigation, uh, one thing that's really, I think, is, uh, is great is MJF saw it all. Have you heard that? He saw every bit of it. I, I did not know he was in the locker room at the time. That's interesting. Yeah, he wasn't in the locker room, like, like the area, like CM Punk's locker room. But he was, I guess he was in the hallway or something. But uh, I, and normally I would say, well, we'll have to see. But no, too many reports uh, from people that I trust. He, he, he knows. He's a part of the investigation. Like one of the witnesses, he saw it all. <laughs> so so that, that will be interesting. Very interesting. Because like him or love him or hate him, MJF, there's one thing about him. He will tell you the truth is what I've always found. So. All right, so that is all the time we do have for today's show. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to us. If you get a chance, go listen to uh, a few more episodes here at Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We don't limit you to one episode. You can listen to two, three, four, even five. Isn't that right, Donnie? That's right. As many as you guys want. Many as you like. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, I'm the Kentucky Guy. He's Donnie Cage. We are out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Have a wonderful day. As always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you guys.